Begin with big national news this week through the South Florida lens because there is always one. The president picked his own South Florida property to host world leaders and then late last night tweeted, forget it, and blamed <laughs> the backlash. And before that, White House Chief of Staff told the press corps there there was an ask from Ukraine in return for aid and to get over it. And that added rocket fuel to the House impeachment inquiry. And through it all, South Florida congressmen and women have had high-profile roles. And Representative Debbie Westerman Schultz is one of those members of Congress, a Democrat from Weston. She is a member of the House Oversight Committee, past chair, as we all know, of the Democratic National Committee. Congresswoman, great to Good have morning. you. Good morning. Thank in. you. Good, Good to be with you again. All right. So the president reverses himself. Thursday, he says, <laughs> yes, we're going to have the G7 at Trump National Doral. And then late last night, blaming crazy Democrats and the media, says, no, we won't. What do you think? I think the president got caught with his hand in the proverbial cookie jar. This was the most egregious act of self-dealing out in the open for all to see, um, trying to line his own pockets as he's been doing his entire presidency. And I mean, he was even beginning to get called out by fellow Republicans, which is a rarity. Mm -hmm. And so uh, he, for a president that never reverses himself on anything, um, it was pretty stunning that he felt he needed to do that. but. Um, in the midst of this impeachment inquiry, I don't know how he had any choice. Now, it was really curious as to the reasons, because when has <clears throat> the president, for good or not, ever reversed himself because of a backlash from anybody? I was trying to think this morning, and I, don't, I can't think of an instance in which he has. Can I, can I just play um, contrarian for a moment? Sure. It's my natural role. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so let's just say on, we haven't seen a list of site selection options but let's just say that at cost, whatever cost might be, would the Doral property may be, have, may have been the best place, cost-wise, <laughs> geography? I mean, is there, is there a sense that maybe it was a good place to have? I mean, this is the United States of America. There is no possible way that the only suitable or even the best and singularly best suitable location to host a G Summit was the Trump Doral Resort. We have, in South Florida alone, hosted countless international summits, um, not at the Trump National Resort. The president was clearly trying to line his own pockets. There was no indication as to what cost meant. And I mean, there's no doubt that his, his company would have made money, he would have made money, and that's absolutely unacceptable. Yeah illegal and unconstitutional. And just sort of to wrap that point up, the emoluments clause in the Constitution says no president may accept anything of value from a foreign individual right. government source. <clears throat> and you've got seven world leaders, their staffs, who would have been staying at exactly. this resort. They're going to pay for it. So in the end, whatever is paid goes to the Trump organization. It seems like a prima facie case of among them and clause violation. Black and white, and in the midst of a president who is being uh, inter investigated in an impeachment inquiry for a massive abuse of power, for jeopardizing our national security, for, for self-dealing, um, this was another example. It, it certainly did nothing to clear up uh, any concerns over all the other accusations that there are. And so, I think probably Republicans went to him behind the scenes and said, this is not helpful. This is absolutely outrageous. You're making this even harder yeah. for us uh, to defend you. Um, but the fact that he stuck to his guns and you know, has been telegraphing that he was going to, to host, you know, say that the Trump 
National Resort should host the sum summit, and then did yeah. um, in that bizarre press conference that Nick, Mul Nick Mulvaney had, in which yeah. that's when he where he announced well, that. Well, in fact, uh, let's. I, I know Glenn and good, I both want to ask you right there. <laughs> about that. All right, so Mick Mulvaney stands out there at a press briefing live on TV yes. and essentially says yes. There was a quid pro quo with Ukraine. Right. We wanted to find out about the Democratic server, you know, in the 2016 election, election was it actually in Ukraine? Also was the, the Joe and Hunter Biden issue. And he says, get over it. Yeah, we do that. I was in the impeachment inquiry hearing. I sit on the House Oversight Committee with Ambassador Sundland, and we were listening to hours of testimony. He had already said that the president directly sent Rudy Giuliani out to conduct a shadow foreign policy and to engage in a quid pro quo, and that was according to Ambassador Sundland's statement. I can't talk about what was actually said in the, mm -hmm. in the hearing. And then I walk out the door on a break, look at the TV, and there is Mick Mulvaney point blank admitting to the massive abuse of power saying deal with it politics affects our foreign policy and foreign aid all the time right and was, was that the first time that you heard that the whoever knew quid pro quo would become a word in the national lexicon right was that <laughs> the first time you had ever heard that applied to the whole you know was ukraine involved in the dnc hack back when you were the head of the dnc because the quid pro quo issue up until then had always been asking the, for Ukrainian help in investigating Joe and Hunter Biden. No, and my, my understanding throughout this is that Giuliani was, uh, and you can look at Giuliani interviews, he brought up both the so-called Biden issue and the so-called debunked you know, non-credible Ukraine 2016 campaign involvement. So as you sit here today, you know, great to have the former head of the DNC here <laughs> with us today to address that. Now that that's back out on the table, was there any Ukrainian influence that you know of in that hack? No. Uh, let's remember, 16 federal intelligence agencies, national security agencies, uh, unequivocally certified that the Russians were involved and directly engaged in hacking the DNC and hacking Hillary Clinton's campaign. That's, that's not in doubt, and there's nothing credible about the president's suspicion. It's a conspiracy theory that comes from the extreme right, and he sent Giuliani, Rudy Giuliani out not only to spread it, but apparently to withhold foreign aid uh, from a foreign country that needs that money to keep a, a, the Russian encouragement at bay um, and, and came out on national TV and his chief of staff said, yeah, we did that. We withheld foreign aid in order to pressure Ukraine to investigate the, their conspiracy theory that Ukraine was involved in the 2016 election. There Insane. are, excuse me, there are at least three or four Republican senators who have vocally said, publicly said, uh, that wasn't such a good idea. I mean, and <laughs> I object to it. I'm Senator Romney, as obviously most prominent, sure. Senator Ben Sass of Nebraska, and a couple of others have said, boy, I have misgivings about this, but uh, I'm sort of getting out of myself. The House is going to pass articles of impeachment, won't it? Well, let's not, get, I, we certainly can't get ahead of ourselves on that. By the way, five hours later, Mick Mulvaney thinks that he took care of this by coming out and saying exactly the opposite of what he said repeatedly in his press conference. And now is saying, oh no, there was no quid pro quo, there was no connection at all. Um, that's just 
doesn't pass the straight face test. But uh, nobody believed him. No one believed him because he said it point blank. He, he, people are, there are, there are those suggesting, oh, he's clarified it now. He didn't clarify it. He did a 180. He, he told the truth and then he came out five hours later and lied through his teeth, again, because they have to cover up, do everything they can to cover up the fact that, uh, that, they, that, that Mulvaney revealed in, in, in the, the open that they, the president abused his power, jeopardized our national security. By the way, I also sit on the Appropriations Committee, as you know, the Pentagon certified, as according to the, the, the law that we passed in the Appropriations Act, that Ukraine had taken steps to reduce corruption, which we required them mm -hmm. to do before that funding was released, and s told the administration, we can release these funds now because Ukraine has taken steps to reduce the corruption we're concerned about. And then <laughs> Trump withheld the money because of his, his own political interests. You are, as you said a minute ago, a member of the House Oversight Committee. And as such, you have been hearing testimony from Ambassador Sondland and others. I think the question is, when is the public, and there have been some leaks and we've seen Sondland's testimony was released, but when is the public going to get a chance to hear the case that is being built, you know, for impeachment? Well, what we're doing is going through a process that we make sure, and I know that I support this, this process, there's certainly been plenty of damning evidence that the president abused his power and, um, in my view, likely committed impeachable offenses. But I want to make sure that we have the opportunity to hear as much evidence as we get an access, can get access to, despite the White House trying to do everything they can to block us from doing that. And then what will happen is that the Oversight, Intelligence, and Foreign Affairs Committees, after we do these, uh, the, 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 the inquiry, will refer, potentially, mm -hmm. articles of impeachment to the Judiciary Committee. And the Judiciary Committee will go through the process of considering those. So that's at that, it'll, it'll be at that point. And what, what about a timetable? And, and by the way, the transcripts, at? we fully expect that the transcripts will, from, be, released. From, will be released, yes. Yeah. Congresswoman, late this week, one of your colleagues, Florida Congressman Francis Rooney, Republican yes. from right. Naples, from Southwest. Naples, right. yeah, Naples and South. Fort Myers. Um, said he mm -hmm. was considering now um, favoring impeachment. I don't want to put words in his mouth or right. misquote him, but that was the message. And then, I think it was hours later, he announced he would not be seeking re-election. Right. Weigh in on that. What do you make of that? Uh, Francis Rooney has, uh, from the time that I've known him when he first came to the Congress, uh, has been really a man of principle. He stands up for what he believes in. He, uh, he has never regarded um, his, his party as the driver of his decision making. He is a common sense Republican on dealing with gun violence, on the environment, on oil drilling off the coast of Florida, and in terms of integrity has been sh appalled at what's been going on. And so I, I, I'm actually saddened that he felt the need to retire. I think he probably had uh, enough. And you know, running, it's got to be tough when you feel that way to run on the same ballot as the president who has been as abusive as, of his power Do you think as his, President his, Trump has. his decision to not seek re-election freed him up in some way to take in a, an opposition stance? What I know of Francis Rooney is that it, whether he can plan to run for re-election or not, he, uh, he, he will do what he believes is right. And he said, I think this morning, that he was willing to consider the impeachment inquiry, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and that's because He's one. He's the kind of public servant that looks at the evidence in front of him and will, I think, make a judgment based on what he thinks is right. Uh, Representative, let's get your view on the the fact that the United States President Trump, after this uh, phone conversation with President Erdogan of Turkey, mm. 
allowed Turkey to invade northern Syria, uh, that we have essentially abandoned the Kurds, our allies in the fight against ISIS, and it has obviously empowered Iran, Russia, yes. uh, and it has endangered Israel, has it not? Absolutely. Uh, what the president has done is essentially undone nearly all of what we achieved in defeating ISIS. And by a vote of 354 to 60, the House roundly condemned his actions, said that we needed to reverse course, said that we needed to keep Turkey out of northern Syria, and that we had abandoned the Kurds. We essentially left them to be slaughtered. Yeah. And there could not have been more of a bipartisan rebuke than we've seen. This is incredibly dangerous. It allows, what I want to know is what, why does Donald Trump do the bidding of Russia on nearly every single decision? I mean, this, this is in Russia's best national interests, not the United States. We, 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 and, and look at, how could, how could Israel believe this administration will stand by them in, in every instance yeah. when they could so easily, we could so easily abandon the Kurds who, who literally bled for us. And, and now you have ISIS families and ISIS prisoners who are, no, are going unguarded. Mm -hmm. um, and then the president, on, to add insult to injury, lies and says that we're bringing the troops home. We're not bringing the troops home. 700 of them are going to Iraq. You have a number, a good number of them, a couple hundred of them are still in Syria, just not in the, nor in the, in the northern mm -hmm. area where they were. So the, the president is disingenuous, is not truthful, and, uh, and has continued to jeopardize our can, national can security. Can I just, from, from a yes, parallel universe, can I just <laughs> read you a tweet from the sure. Secretary of Defense this morning? Yes. The ceasefire is holding up nicely. Minor skirmishes that ended uh, quickly. Uh, Kurds are now being resettled uh, USA soldiers are not in combat, uh, ceasefire zones, we have secured the oil. That's, that is almost directly opposite of what you just said. Right, exactly. And if you look at, there's an AP fact check that was just done, I think yesterday, that, that completely supports everything I just said and flies in the face of, uh, of what the Secretary a, of Defense said. It's a parallel said. universe yeah. we're hearing. What, what, what's happened, that, that ceasefire agreement gave Turkey everything they wanted. Uh, that they, they essentially were allowed to remain in Turkey. Our troops are out of the way. And I mean- Remain in northern Syria, they didn't, yes, yeah. The, the Turks are yeah. allowed to remain in northern Syria under right. this ceasefire. I have not seen anything that the Kurds got uh, out of this, and we, we are still stepping aside, and ISIS is still potentially, and, and very likely in some cases, through escapes and yeah. reorganizing, we've left, we've left them vulnerable to, uh, to, to resurgence. Here's a tough question for a minute left in this conversation. Uh, the president says, as he said in his campaign, I am going to end the endless wars. I mean, we've been in Afghanistan 20 years, hundreds, you know, it's cost us trillions of dollars, hundreds of American soldiers have died. Uh, there's nothing wrong with ending endless wars, is there? So I'm gonna say something unexpected here, and that is that I agree with Mitch McConnell. Wars are not ended, they are won or lost. And we have to make sure that we have, we can be trusted as, a, as an ally and, and stand by those that we've made a commitment to. We've left the Kurds to be slaughtered. We, we, uh, we, we are empowering us, uh, dictators like Assad and Putin. And why Donald Trump does Putin's bidding and prefers dictators 
to d democracy is, is beyond me. Um, in addition to constantly abusing his power and lining his own pockets at the expense of everything America holds dear. Congresswoman, thank you for coming in. You're a little under the weather, but didn't sound like it. Thank you. Thank you. Tylenol cold is a beautiful thing. <laughs>